Hi Brickies, I'm Dominic, the last one standing with a kink for cannibalism. And I'm Kate, the resident phobia expert who also hears voices. And you're listening to Shit and Bricks. A podcast where we talk shit about stuff that scares us. Ripping a few laughs and survival tips along the way. As always, please subscribe, rate and review us. And don't forget to follow us on the socials at Shit and Bricks Podcast. Like the morning after a night on the curries and cans, here it comes. So drop your ducks, pop a squat and let's get into it. Welcome to episode 61 of Shit My Bricks. <laughs> Bricks? How does that work? Well, you need a lot of Metamucil. <laughs> Sponsor. Thank you very much. Ah, jump on board. You know, when they have those posters of, does your shit look like this? And it's like, yeah. this is healthy shit. This is not so healthy shit. They should add a brick diagram yeah. as well and be like okay if you get into the brick phase like if you can build a house out of the <laughs> density of your shit you need to see a doctor asap <laughs> yes have a piece of fruit <laughs> leafy greens does a body good does a pooper good <laughs> absolutely oh my lord hi kate hi dumb how are you going today? <laughs> Tell me all about it. Kate is uh, teasing me, if you can't tell, folks, because I'm in a delicate way. And no, I'm not pregnant. No. <laughs> I am just very, very hungover. Shh. Don't tell anyone. Did but you that's party okay. hard? I'm here. Yeah, it was just one of those, you know, casual, we'll just have a couple of wines and cheese Sunday session, which yep. just goes until like one o'clock in the morning and you get a note on your door from your neighbour saying you're being too loud. So oh, clearly okay. we were doing it right. Well, sorry. <laughs> Soz neighbours, love you. How about you, Kate? How are you doing? I am really well. I am, at the time of recording, uh, this is my first day of holidays. I am thrilled. Although, having said that, I was not on the away list today that was sent for work. So I'm slightly concerned that nobody knew. But you know what? <laughs> that sounds like someone else's problem. <laughs> and by and the look, time it's... this is out, I'll be so far gone from worrying about it that it doesn't matter. Exactly. It's 5.30. Yeah, <laughs> the day's done. The K day is kids done. Kids are gone home. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, there are no kids. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dominic, do we have any housekeeping before I tell you my killer story for today? Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Yes, Kate. It's, it's pretty much the usual. Please yep. go follow our socials as Please usual. Do. We've got some snazzy Christmas reels coming up, which I'm putting together as we speak. And they're fun and funny. So you should watch yeah. them. And because this episode is probably coming out after Christmas, you should retroactively go and look Correct. at all of that. That is exactly right. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself because we're so we're planned this time. So we're going to give ourselves a couple of weeks off. But you listeners, you will not get weeks off. You will still have episodes every week. But we are... We should just talk generically about things happening in the day and the time, shouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's funnier. Let's just mess with people's minds. Yeah, they that's don't right. know what day it is. <laughs> I know, that's right. I can't believe it's the 19th of December today, guys. Christmas is almost here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, go check out our social Shooting Bricks podcast. Um, we're on all the channels. Also, go check out our Patreon, which is, again, surprisingly, Shooting Bricks podcast. Sign up for a few bucks a month and get all the spare episodes and early release things and all that good jazzy stuff, snazzy stuff. Jazzy and snazzy, <clears throat> just the way we like it. Also, another really exciting thing Kate and I were just discussing, we are recording this week, so it won't come out for a few more weeks, folks, but when you're listening to this, who knows, it could be the... <laughs> We're going to put be... a hole. If we keep talking like this, we're going to put a hole in the space-time continuum. That's what's going to happen. Exactly. Doc Brown's going to pop out from somewhere. Great Scott! <laughs> but yes, we do have a very special um, episode. We're being interviewed by another podcast and we're doing um, a little shared story. So listen out for that special episode. Uh, you know, 
maybe should we do it just for everyone publicly? Should everyone get it or should it be a Patreon special Ooh, thing? Oh, that's a great question. No doubt we will have come up with this choice by now. So go and yeah. <laughs> You don't need to worry about it because the decision's been made. We got you. <laughs> but apart from that, let's buckle up because I'm sure Kate's got a ripper of a story. This I'm week. ready to go. So this year I taught year eight humanities. Am I qualified to teach humanities? Technically, no. Did I do a fairly decent job? Also, no. But I did turn up and I delivered the curriculum. So I think that's a tick box. And it got me to thinking. And today, I'm going to tell you a little story and give you a little choice about torture. I can't believe that we've not done an episode on torture and it, this is going to be more specific to ancient times. So ancient yeah. Roman, you know, medieval torture, uh, which is, yeah, it's probably one of those things that you would not want to have lived during that time. I'm just going to be perfectly honest. But I'm going to give you a bit of a choice later, Dom, and I'll get into that. But I always like to start off, as you know, with a phobia. So today Absolutely. the focus is cathosophobia. And this is an intense fear of sitting or any sort of activity which is related to pain while sitting. So it's also known as cathosophobia with a C, not a K, and tharsophobia. And people who have been hostages or tortured by making them sit on nails or pointed objects or burning ambers, etc., they usually suffer from this phobia, which I think is completely reasonable. Wow, that's so specific. It like is. the pain experienced when While sitting. sitting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was sort of the closest one. There's not really sort of a general term because, again, it's kind of one of those phobias where it's like, of course, you have a fear of being impaled. Like, that's not really a phobia per se, but that, you know, it works for what we're talking about today. So, yeah, and some people like being impaled. Well, that is so true. Exactly. We will never yuck someone's yuck. So let me Sorry, give you folks. a little bit of a breakdown, first and foremost, about um, torture and a brief history. Okay, so torture, for those of you who are not aware, is the infliction of severe physical or mental pain or suffering for a purpose, such as extracting information, coercing a confession or inflicting punishment. Now, it is normally committed by a public official or another person exercising comparable power or authority. Now, mm. although the effectiveness of torture has been defended by many throughout history, um, notably Aristotle and Sir Francis Bacon, but where are they now, really? It was attacked as early as Roman times for encouraging its victims to lie. So yeah. that makes sense. If you're going to be doing these things, I will tell you whatever you want to know. <laughs> like I would, any of these devices that I might chat about a little bit later, in fact, I will chat about them, but I would crumble. But if you just brought them out of a box, I'm like, yep, no, it was me. Absolutely. What did you do? Whatever you said I did, I did. <laughs> so yep. where's, the, where's the paper? I'll sign, <laughs> just sign it. it. Let's go. Chuck me in the river. We're good to go. Um, mm. Now, in ancient Greece and Rome, physical torture was lawfully used and usually on non-citizens or slaves as a means of obtaining information or confessions. Later, in early medieval Europe, torture was used as the trial itself uh, in the ordeal. So, you know, mm. the suspect's response to extreme physical pain, it served as a basis for establishing guilt or innocence. So they didn't determine if you were guilty or innocent. They tortured you first and then they decided. <laughs> so it was a bit of a backward system back then. And now in the later, uh, later on in the Middle Ages, torture was again used to secure confessions in cases of serious crime, uh, though it was normally subject to strict conditions. Oh, so they put a few, you know, they put, put a few boundaries around it later on. Could you just imagine like Bethany in HR in middle age times? She's like, I'm just going to write a policy. We've had yeah. a few complaints over the years. We have. So you we're know. just going to, yeah, we've got to put it in. Send me an email. Teams me. If you feel like the torture's a bit rough, just, you know, pop a little Teams message and I'll get back to you when I can. Yeah, here's the here's the uh, call in hotline for yeah, yeah exactly one eight hundred torture. People, <laughs> now the rationale for torture, which was subject throughout the centuries, uh, you know, to enlightened challenge, was that it was a necessary means of averting grave miscarriages of justice, 
the consequences of which would be irreversible. Yet the introduction of penalties that could be revoked, such as imprisonment and exile, and the development of law enforcement as a profession made this case unsustainable. So that's a good thing. For example, Scotland abolished torture in 1708, France did so in 1798, and other countries followed, so that by the beginning of the 19th century, the practice of torture had been officially abandoned in much of Europe. Thereafter, any violence toward a criminal suspect constituted a crime itself. Mm. Now, a more uh, concerted effort against torture was galvanised by the revelation of the atrocities committed by Japan and Nazis, Germany, during World War II. So they were like, hang on a second, that sounds a little bit like torture to me. Mm. Um, Yeah, so the first legal responses uh, were stated in the prohibitions of torture and similar inhuman treatment in the 1948. Like that, again, I'm just like... 1948. I was only born, I was born 40 years later. So that's not like out of the realms. This is not history, history. This is not 17 something, 16 something. This is 1948. So the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, um, you know, was created. And in 1949, Geneva Conventions, particularly in the Convention relative to the treatment of prisoners of war and the Convention relative to the protection of civilian persons in time of war. Um, Torture was also prohibited by the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights in all states that were party to the Covenant, while regional human rights treaties were adopted in Europe in 1950, the Americas in 1969, and Mm. Africa in 1981. Yeah. So, again... Let's not pretend that, like, torture doesn't still happen. But it's so interesting that all of this formal recognition and protection of it is still within people's lifetimes that are probably listening to these episodes correct correct now the convention against torture and other cruel inhuman or degrading treatment or punishment you can go ahead and read that it's a bit of a bit of a read but that's that document was created in 1984 was a culmination of efforts put into motion by the 1975 declaration Broadly following this declaration, the Convention Against Torture prohibited torture under all circumstances, in addition to be uh, to being binding as law on the states that became parties to it, the absolute prohibition of torture or inhumane treatment, as well as some other provisions of the Convention, were generally understood uh, to be binding on all states, whether or not they were part of the tre- treaty or not. So they're just like, mm. guys, you might not have signed the paper, but if you're waterboarding someone, we're not going to be thrilled. So maybe don't do that. Uh, The convention further obliged states to criminalise torture, to investigate allegations uh, of torture and similar ill treatment and to prosecute the perpetrators of torture and to provide redress for the victims. Now, this problem of these treaties and conventions and all of the things that happen, it was exacerbated by the response to the September 11 tax on the United States in 2001. Some journalists and politicians sought to revisit or reinterpret the meaning of the absolute prohibition of torture or inhuman treatment as laid down in international law, especially after the exposure of abusive practices by US soldiers uh, in Iraq, um, which had been invaded. Now, no government, however, sought to question the prohibition itself or to challenge the UN Convention Against Torture. Attempts by the US government to justify terror torturous interrogation techniques such as waterboarding by denying that they constitute torture were met with international condemnation. Although no government appears willing to risk the criticism that would result from a rejection of established bans on torture, some countries have invoked the US policy to deflect criticism of torturous practices that they may have unofficially sanctioned. At the same time, human rights, NGOs, non-government organisations, I just learned what that was today, the UN, uh, religious organisations, intergovernmental bodies and other institutions have continued their efforts to eradicate torture worldwide. Excellent. So that's our little kind of history of it, I suppose, but it's not quite as uh, historical, as I mentioned before, as, as I would have thought. Like, this is, you know, happening around the time that I was almost born. So that's crackers to me. Now, yeah, it's still, like, super, super relevant. And 
It reminds me, Kate, sorry to, to no. pause for a moment, but Please it reminds do. me, have, have you ever seen, I'm sure it was like a meme or it was like one of those Facebook things that just goes around the traps or whatever. And it was like a story of this particular tribe somewhere in the world, some native indigenous tribe where if someone is caught doing something wrong or does something wrong and is quite bad, they the whole tribe gathers around the person, puts them this person in the middle and all they do as a tribe is tell them how good a person they are and reminds them of all the good things that they have done and what what they are capable of and that's their punishment so it's like the complete opposite of torture it is like emotional support and whatever it is and oh my god affirmation and that person just has to sit there stand there and just get this entire community telling them how good a person they are and how you know because this is out of character behavior for them and i'm like <laughs> That, let's do Love that. that. Yeah, let's just do more of that. That's phenomenal. I wonder if there are studies around the effectiveness of that or what the mm. results are. I'd love some data. Um, but that's much better as an alternative, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Now, that's our little briefo historio. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about uh, ancient Romans. Do you want to hear about the ancient Romans? <laughs> oh, here we go. Don't know. If... <laughs> I don't know if my people, we've done lots of good things, but there was lots of not so good things that we did and we don't like to dwell on it. Well, I found this fascinating. I hope some of you do too, all of you, however, whatever. The ancient Romans, they had no such punishment as life in prison. So back in the ancient Roman times, there was no prisons that didn't exist. So they uh, could have considered housing, feeding, clothing and giving medical care uh, at state expenses for a person who broke the law was a total waste of public money. So they were like, I'm not doing that. That's not going to happen. It's hard enough to get fed, to have a house and to have clothes. We're not going to go and do that for for free for this guy who did something wrong. Now, yeah, and Rome, what, we live to 40? Yeah, <laughs> if you're lucky. Now, Rome, the capital, had over a million people in 100 CE and only one prison. When uh, the person who wrote this article visited the ruins years ago, I was surprised at how diminutive it actually was. It was reserved only for important prisoners, such as leaders or kings, uh, that were defeated by the Roman army during the war. The building would have been dark, damp, smelly, full of rats, and the convicts were chained up to the walls, as you can you know, probably imagine from movies, pop culture, that sort of stuff. Uh, they might have been tortured regularly and after the emperor uh, tired of displaying them in public during festivals, they were executed. So he's like, have we got any of those people in the prison? Can we? Because we've got a festival coming up. If we could just line up a couple of, <laughs> let's get the good ones. Let's get the good prisoners who were just real bad or they really sucked at the war. Let's get them out to the festive <laughs> festival and parade them around. What happened to a good old pie contest or a drag right? show or something? No, they're just going to parade around the the oh, parade around the prisoners. Now, many people are astonished that the Roman Empire, with a population at its height of over thirty-five million people, had many civil laws, such as those regarding property rights, sales of merchandise, slaves. For example, they had a warranty. So if you bought a slave and they carked it in a week, you get your money back. I would imagine something like that. Which probably um, did happen a fair oh, bit. Oh, frequently. Be yeah. Now, other civil laws um, also were around divorce uh, policies and policies regarding standard weights and measures. So they, you know, were quite um, maybe ahead of their time. I don't know. But that to me, I was like, that's phenomenal that they had all of these civil laws that were very important to them. However, they mm. had very few criminal laws except those regarding patricide, as well as incidents involving state security, such as treason. Yeah. So those were the criminal uh, offences. The Romans had no police force. People were expected to police themselves. So soldiers were stationed outside the city to keep order because any time crowds formed, there was always the chance for riots as political unrest was usually just under the surface, just every day. Everyone had a problem with what was going on, which, fair enough, the conditions were foul. The other responsibility for the uh, soldiers was to serve as the emperor's bodyguards. But sometimes this didn't work very well because if an emperor became unpopular, the soldiers would just kill them. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, look, I will protect you 
oh, no, you're getting a bit of a bad rap in the Herald Sun, so I'm going to, like, yeah, see you later. Too bad, buddy. Um, there are also no detectives or investigations by crime authorities, which makes sense. Um, this meant that, for example, if a man was murdered, it was the responsibility of the eldest male in his immediate family or extended family to extract vengeance. So this might be in the form of blood money. The murderer's family would try and scrape together the demanded amount and give it to the victim's relatives. In the cases where money was not desired or unavailable, the closest mm. male of the murdered victim would then hunt down and kill the perpetrator. So it's a, a bail situation. <laughs> Give me six coins or I will hunt you down and kill you. Uh, and this is exactly what happened when Julius Caesar was killed in 44 BCE. In many cases, the criminal would flee the city before this could be carried out, but this was too dangerous. Um, Travelling Roman uh, roads were also, yeah, they didn't, if you didn't have a large escort, that was super risky. Um, with Julius Caesar too, when he got stabbed in, uh, the court where he was, you know, delivering his kill speech, everybody ran away and Julius Caesar was just left lying there for two hours. Nobody went up to him or did anything or came back to where he was until they felt like things had settled down a bit. Then they slowly started coming back, but he was knifed. Everybody scattered and he just lay on the ground for two, two hours, just dead just hanging mm. out. So yeah, they were like, well, that was, I mean, it was definitely risky. Now the streets of Rome were extremely crowded and dangerous. There's 35 million people living there. So fair enough. If you were wealthy, you did not want to walk the streets by yourself, even during the daylight hours, about 40% of the population was a slave. Uh, so, you know, if these rich guys are wandering through the town, they would often own lots of slaves. Um, and then they would have their slaves around them to clear a passage, like a safe passage for them through the cities. <laughs> Even, yeah, that was like their posse. That was the OG posse. Was yes. The slaves they had purchased to wander Here's through the city. Here's my entourage. Yeah. What was your job? Um, yeah. I was uh, a crowd <laughs> parter for... <laughs> yeah, a crowd parter and a shoe shiner for yeah. some fancy guy. Even poor people, though, they travelled with relatives. And no respectable woman travelled through the city by herself. So you always needed to have lots of people around you, which probably then added to the fact that it was just chockers in Rome all the time. Now, uh, where was I up to? The best hope that a slave could have was to work in the household of a rich Roman who was uh, decent in his treatment. So if you got a rich Roman who was like not too bad, uh, that was a good deal. You were pretty yep. happy with that. Female slaves, they could just be sexually assaulted at will. Uh, and according to surviving historical documents, this was sadly often the case. Yeah. Household slaves could at least sleep in relative comfort and eat the scraps that were left over from their master's expensive banquets. So that's another little bonus. Um, not the, clearly not the sexual assault part, but certainly the <laughs> yeah. banquet part. <laughs> the worst place that a slave could be was to work in the silver mines. There was, uh, in there, there was three feet of space between the ceiling and the floor. Gross. You've already got me on the claustrophobia. They yep. worked 10 hours a day breathing in the dust. There were no roof supports, so people would usually die quite frequently. At night, they slept in chains bound to other slaves, and if one managed to escape, the others were put to death for allowing that to happen. So uh. you'd be like, Jim, no, don't. <laughs> Please don't run away, because we'll cop it, dull. Just come back and strap yourself in because I don't want a bar of it. Punishments for crimes, whether slave or free, were usually carried out in rapid succession. For minor offences, this might include a severe beating, being flogged or being branded on the forehead. So if you just did something little, you can get it, you know, burned in tat or you can just get the shit beaten out of you. So for more severe crimes, uh, someone might receive a punishment of putting out the eyes uh, yeah. ripping out the tongue or cutting off ears. The death penalty included being buried alive, impaling, and of course, crucifixion. That old chest. I tell you, I tell you, the, just the creativity, and I'm sure you're going to get into even more detail of other <laughs> other ways that people do this, this old like pastime <laughs> torture, but I, I just can't comprehend someone sitting down and going, What's a really 
creative, interesting way I'm going to do it. Let's just cut off an ear. To, I feel like ears, ears is the thing today. <laughs> just, I just feel like he's not listening to me. So let's really send a message home. <laughs> let's chop off an ear. Yeah, for them to think of ways to torture people was just, and it was so seemingly normal. It was just part of the yeah. culture. It was a part of the yeah. time. Now, the Romans didn't hesitate to torture before, before putting someone to death. So one such punishment was sewing a bound prisoner inside a heavy sack with a snake, a rooster, a monkey, and a dog, and then throwing that sack into the river. <laughs> what? So that's a bit of a tricky one because you need to have on hand a snake, a rooster, a monkey, and a dog. So you have to have all of them before you can go ahead and do that. But imagine like... what that would be like inside the sack under the water. Which do you think, oh okay, which God. do you think out of a snake, a rooster, a monkey and a dog, who's causing you the most grief inside that sack? You're bobbled along in the river. What is your concern? I think the dog is probably just going ape shit and it's oh. just the worst thing to think of. Like, I can't. The, what did the, any of the animals fucking do? Like, why do we have to go, go on and now drown all these All these other animals. animals. You're right. I feel the the snake would have a time. The snake would bite someone or something. Uh, the rooster, it's scratching the shit out of you, no doubt. So is the dog, the monkey. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's not it's having a just, good time. It's so horrific to think yeah. of. The this punishment in particular that was usually reserved for patricide um, or a son who killed his father. Yeah. So that was the special <laughs> the special event for that. Uh, for this reason, almost all Roman homes had bars around the windows and they literally barred their doors at night, just in case. <laughs> I don't want to be thrown into a sack with half of Noah's Ark. Please leave me be. I just want to have a little kip before I have to go and do more slaving tomorrow. So leave me yeah. alone. Listen to your dad too, don't <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, you want to kill a brother, you want to kill a sister, your mother, fine. That's go cool. nuts. Do not touch papa. Like, get away. Now, the streets were, um, I've just realized as well, and you might have realized too, and I'm going to try to stop doing it. Every single time I start a new sentence or I go back on topic, I start with the word now. Um, so if you have been listening to this podcast up until this point and that has been bothering you, I've just picked up on it. So I got you. I'll do the best. Okay. I've Did been the one editing on these and oh, I've never true. picked up on <laughs> Do you know I what did the lip stitcher? smack. If you went back and you cut out all of the nows but left in the bit where I said I'd been saying now all the time just to stitch me up. Just to fuck with Kate. <laughs> in Rome, there you go, the streets were unlit and no one ventured out after sundown. In the Bible, Jesus tells the parable of the good Samaritan who helped the man beaten and robbed while other passers-by ignored him. The Romans understood this too well for the instant that incident would not have been unusual. So mm. there's lots of, you know, writing about it uh, in Zebuble, and that was people, it was just normal for them. Now, painting oh, quite I a did. picture. Yeah, I am. <laughs> but I thought rather than yeah, going over the history uh, in, you know, ex, uh, extended detail, why don't we go ahead and go through a list of medieval torture devices, Dom? Do you want to join Here me? Here we go. I knew it was coming. It's and, coming. Uh, I've almost got like a bingo card out just to see if I can yeah. remember all the different ones that I've come across in Well, you time. absolutely could. I, I'm sure there's more, but I found a nifty list of 26 medieval torture devices. And Dom, here is your challenge. As I'm reading through these, I would like for you to choose the number one out of that, that you would not want a bar of your that your least favorite out of all of these they're all awful but i want you to just work out towards the end which one is the one you're like 100 percent, no way i would just try yep. to top myself before i even got there so, the quickest to crack me yeah exactly um there is a certain in this article it does state a grotesque ingenuity and i couldn't agree more the, the thought and planning around these is phenomenal. It's yeah. so fascinating. And to create these kinds of devices as well, a lot of them, which we'll post, I've put a lot of photos into um, our folder DOM so you can pop them onto our socials. And when you're looking through those, you can see where they would have 
stemmed from, some of them, in the sense of mm. tools, you know, that people would have used for blacksmithing and working in the farms and the fields and all of that sort of stuff. But then there's some that are totally off the wall. Like, who yeah. came up with this? <laughs> what a stupid idea. But then it's also genius because they're usually one of the more painful methods of torture. So I think grotesque ingenuity is a fabulous way to, to put it. It is. Not only could these cause pain, but they often played on uh, psychological fears. So that even in yeah. the Dark Ages, the study of the mind was alive and well. So it goes to show that they were not just thinking about physical pain, they are thinking about psychological pain too. How can we mess these people up? Uh, it was being used, you know, the study of the brain was being used uh, to manipulate accused witches and dissenters against the church into confessing crimes against God that they didn't really commit. Or perhaps they did, but I don't think anybody deserves what's coming. Okay. Numero uno. I love some of these names as well. They're a thrill. The pair of anguish. We're starting <laughs> with the pair of anguish. So what is this? This is particularly hideous it is the simple mechanical torture device uh, that would be placed inside the orifice of a person and then gradually expanded. Uh, the kindest use was in a person's mouth where it would ultimately shatter their skull, causing death. More gruesome is when it was used on parts in the lower half of the body which were rarely fatal but excruciating. Oh, goodness. I mean... <clears throat> No, I'm not even going to say anything. I'm just going <laughs> to, let's just keep my mouth shut. I was and waiting. we've got 26 was, of these to go part through. Of, I was, part of me was waiting. But the yeah, to think that the kindest use is in the mouth and it is called the pear because it's shaped as such. So, you know, it has the bulbous end, which would be placed into the orifice and then a screw type device on the end, which would expand it out. So oh. it's, uh, yeah, we'll pop a little, pop a little picky up, but ooh, the pear of anguish. Number two. Judas Cradle. Judas, stop. The first <laughs> of many fixtures on this medieval torture device list uh, that shows the fascination of ancient torturers with people's nether regions. So yeah. that is a theme that we will find. The Judas Cradle, also known as Judas's chair, is a massive pyramid that would be inserted into the anus or the vagina of the victim and then they would be lowered onto it. Stretching yeah. it out grotesquely. So thanks Impale. for that, Judas. Imagine being named after that. Well, I mean, Judas yeah. did do bad stuff, alleged. So <laughs> There's a book that. about it. <laughs> there is a, there's a book about it. It's a couple of times. Okay, that is number two. So number three, the Iron Maiden. Now, not just Love a rock it. and metal band, the Iron Maiden torture device is truly the stuff of nightmares. It was an enclosed structure lined with spikes that would entirely surround a person. They mm. would be left inside uh, for, you know, however long the person felt like, and they couldn't do anything but stand. Otherwise, they would be pierced by the metal protrusions. You can guess how it might have gone once their legs started to get a bit tired. Uh, it would be an awkward ending yeah. to that. So that's the Iron Maiden. Uh, okay. Number four. Is it four? I'm going to lose count because I didn't actually put numbers on them. I'll just keep going through them. This one has a particularly fun name. I like this. The Spanish Donkey. <laughs> eow, eow. Eow. Similar to the Judas Cradle, this is the one, I think for me, I think this is it for me. I think this is okay. the one, but we'll, I'll save till the end. I'll save till the end. But The Spanish Donkey is a triangular board that a person is forced to straddle, putting their full weight on the crotch. Weights are then added to the feet until it splits them in the middle. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What? <laughs> the sheer amount of force that yeah. that would take. To no. split you up the middle. Now, that was pretty um, common for women because uh, mm. that was, you know, something that they thought, that's a good one. Let's do that. Let's do the Judas Cradle, but let's make it giant and uh, pop them on there and call it the Spanish Donkey. Done. <laughs> The next on the list is the rack. 
Now, this is one that people would be, you know, common uh, is quite common. So I feel like people would be familiar with this, but is easily the most famous of medieval torture devices. The rack was used to stretch heretics by pulling on their ankles and wrists, in theory, until they, you know, tore in half, uh, while the torturers made a wish. Oh, God. <laughs> like, I hope That's I have a, nice... a good birthday. <laughs> Crank. <laughs> oh, yeah. Usually, though, this macabre torture rack just ended up pulling limbs out of sockets, leaving yeah. victims to contemplate their sins, whether real or imagined. So they're just strapped to this thing and it would just, yeah, pop the arms and legs out of their sockets rather than tearing them in half. So nobody really mm. got the, the hang of that. But hopefully the torturers could still make a wish. Mm. Uh, the next on Throw the a coin in a fountain for fuck's yeah. sake if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> There's so what many other messy. things. That's right. Okay, the next on the list is the Spanish Tickler. Woo! Jeez, the Spanish, they're creative. I know. Now, this is not to be confused with the French tickler uh, that we all have tucked into the bottom of our sock drawer for anniversaries. Stop it. This is a set of claws meant to dig into the skin and penetrate down to the bone, and then it's yanked away, pulling the flesh and the muscle off in great chunks. Obviously, medieval torture methods didn't have to be overly elaborate to be effective. So how you get two forks together to shred a chicken breast, that's what the Spanish tickler is. So next time you're thinking about that, if you do happen to shred your own chicken, then you are doing a, you know, more PC version of a little Spanish tickler move. Yeah. Have a great Christmas lunch. Merry Christmas. (laughs) The next on the list is the iron chair. One of the simpler but effective medieval punishments The iron torture chair pierced a person's body at every point of contact. So imagine a chair that is just covered in spikes. Mm. These points would go in deep enough to break the skin, but not far enough to damage any vital organs or major arteries. The person wouldn't even bleed very much because the chair would plug the wounds and then the victim was removed and then you would be having a rough time, I would think. No more sitting. I could understand the phobia of that. Yes, correct. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I have cathosophobia because I had to sit on the iron chair. Uh, totally valid. Next on the list is the collar. The collar, and a lot of these too, I feel as though if any of you have ever seen any of the Saw films, they come into this a little bit too. A lot of the yeah. those um, torture devices. But the collar is one of the more cruel and unusual punishment examples. The collar was meant to hold the neck in a single position and it was tightened just enough to be uncomfortable. The real torture came days after uh, without being able to lie down, rest your head, eat or swallow. Yeah. So. I can imagine that being so tough mentally. You just. You would just try. Yeah. I don't know where you'd get to with that one, but that's quite a cruel and unusual punishment Mm. and no you know some of them do have spikes and things on them but just the traditional uh one is just yeah this uh metal like iron collar the next oh this one is right up there on the list for me but the next is the tub do you want to guess what the tub is dom or do you know what it is no i don't know this one you don't know this one (laughs) Uh, it's not like super pleasant it's um simple biology (laughs) and uh that was the greatest enemy um you know of the tub's victim so a person was bound hand to foot so they can't escape and then their face was smeared with honey so that's cute flies and other biting insects would be drawn to the person uh where they would eat the honey and crawl into the openings of the face Prisoners tortured in this way were force-fed food and water to keep them alive. As time went on, the person would be left uh, in their own bodily wastes where maggots would be laid that would eat the person's body as they decayed, still alive. The agony of such a slow death makes the tub one of the worst torture methods in our book. I agree. Yeah, that's definitely in my top five so far. Yeah. <clears throat> the next is the coffin. Welcome to the pod, the coffin. 
not the traditional coffin where a body is buried, uh, but this is a hanging cage that holds someone aloft. Coffin torture saw birds peck away at the victim uh, as passerbys could beat them or throw things at them as well. Mm, So they would just hang inside of a, it's essentially a birdcage. Yeah, they're inside of a hanging birdcage until, you know, the person wanted them to come out for the festival or the parade uh, or they, they died. Think of Mad Mardigan from Willow. That's right. Next on our list is the pillory. Now there are very um, there's a lot of uh, variations on the medieval pillory. Um, the stocks is one of them. So mm-hmm. if you're not sure of what pillory is, the stocks. So where they would put their hands and their head, or legs, or whatever. But a person is essentially put into a wooden frame that binds their head and hands, and then they're left to the mercy of anyone who feels like abusing them. Yeah. So it was usually you know people who weren't working. They just had the day off. Um, so they would just, you know, wander past and be like, what are we going to do with Billy today? My goodness. That's, yeah, that's not a pleasant one, I can't think. In terms of psychological. Like the creativity. And yeah. The, yeah, that's right. I think that's certainly up there. Ooh, I keep thinking that the worst is sort of past and then I get to the next one. And yeah. this is a doozy. <laughs> the brazen bull. Do you want to guess what the brazen bull is? You know what this one is? We've, we've put this on our fun fact um, oh, socials yes. before. Amazing. Yeah. So the brazen bull is a brutal method of slow cooking. Mm. A hollow iron bull would be cast with a special gate on the side. Victims were placed inside while a fire was lit beneath the belly. A vent at the nose allowed the person to breathe, but it also amplified their screams to sound like the bull's bellows. That's Talk quite about creative. Creative. They have to make an entire cast iron bull for this one. Mm. So I feel as though that's a special occasion kind of torture. That's not an everyday type deal. Or do they just have yeah. the one bull and then just wheel it out whenever they want to do it? Would you want to? Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what would be worse, getting in there, knowing what's happening or getting in there and seeing all the previous people that have been That's right. In there. Yeah. Well, they'd probably be pretty cooked it'd just be a bunch of ash and stuff one would assume i hope to never find out okay this next one uh it's got a bit of a uh you know spanish flair i guess italian flair it is called the strapado (laughs) (laughs) what what could this be what could this possibly be it's actually not what you think it could be the strapado is a simple cord that would be tied around the victim's wrists behind their back and then they'd be dropped, yanking several, um, you know, yanking severely on the sockets of the shoulders. The forward leaning of the body and dislocated shoulders restrict breathing for added discomfort. Oh, yeah, no. So it's not quite what I was thinking, but that's a good one. That's, you know, them really thinking about the anatomy and going, how can we use this to our advantage in the sense of tie the hands behind them, drop them to the ground, see what happens when things move ways they shouldn't move, basically. The next on our list are the crocodile shears. (laughs) The crocodile shears are a simple set of pincers. The shears would be heated up to be red hot and then they would be used to pull a person apart piece by piece. Uh, relying as much on the torturer's savagery as the device itself. Yeah. They are called crocodile shears, shears because if you see in our pickies on the socials, they have teeth. So it's essentially like a pair of tongs with teeth. And then they would be heated up and just, yeah, they would just do the old <laughs> chicken method. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next on our list is the lead sprinkler. This one is quite a good one Uh, also this is a small ball with a handle so the ball on the end of it had holes in it so Mm -hmm. then they would fill up that ball with molten lead or boiling oil and then they would dribble it onto a person oh Mm. usually this torch ended whenever the victim whenever the torturer felt like pouring molten silver into the victim's eyes Sure. So they're like, I've had enough of the boiling oil. I've had enough of the molten lead. Somebody bring me the silver. Enough is enough. 
Yeah, all these hundreds of slaves have died in the mines to get me this silver so I can just pour it in your eyes. <laughs> That's it. What sake. a great, what a good use of our time and resources. The next on the list is the crucifix. This is a famous <laughs> one. The most famous of Roman execution methods, the crucifix remained in use for centuries as a torture device. Individuals can be nailed to it or bound by their hands and feet and then left to be pecked at by birds, abused by locals and suffer the ravages of exposure for days without perishing. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. It's a classic, but my goodness, it's rough. It's rough. It is a classic. It's rough. It's, you know, it's famous. It's in a few movies, in a book. It's uh, it's a famous one. The next is, uh, this is, it's spelled B-R-O-D. E-Q-U-I-N. I'm going to say Brodequin. Would you sure. say that? That I think sounds so. lovely. We'll go with Brodequin. Okay. Smashing and mashing seem to be in vogue during medieval times. And the Brodequin <laughs> is evidence of that. A set of boards would be fitted around a person's legs and then wedges would be hammered into the gaps, often causing bones to literally burst through the sheer pressure. Definitely oh. more creative than death by soaring, but much less savoury. See, it's my thing uh-huh. is it's the like the tearing or it's the mutilation of flesh or like bones coming, like anything where there's breaking of skin and blood yep. and flesh. Like that's why the Spanish tickler and the crocodile shears and this one. Like, it's not that any of the other ones are particularly nice. It's just yeah. that sets me off, like, <laughs> blood and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. Uh-huh. So that's a good one. So the Brodequin, I feel, is is popping up on your list. How are you yeah. feeling, by the way, nursing a bit of a hangover, thinking of all these <laughs> delightful ways to die? Was there at no any what? point at this morning where you were like, do you know what? I will take the Spanish tickler over feeling like this. <laughs> yeah. I got a, I had a couple of ticklers rolling around in my head this morning. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Okay. The next that we have is the shrews fiddle. Cute name. Um, yep. It is an example of a pillory type device. So a device that locks people into something. This was mostly used for women who men deemed worthy of punishment for whatever arbitrary reason. So they're like, oh, I got a bit of attitude from you. Shrews fiddle. Get it out of here. Pop her in. So they would be bound into this hideous contraption, which prevented the woman from feeding herself. It also left her defenseless against whatever cruelty passers-by might like dishing out. I'm sure your imagination can lead you down that terrible path. But that's basically, yeah, Contrapting their contrapting. Yeah, that's a word. Good yeah. job. Uh, tying up their hands. Okay. The next. This one has a name. I bet you can't guess what it does. It's called the tongue terror. <laughs> what do you think this does, Dom? Um, gives you a good mani-pedi <laughs> in one. That's right. It does. No, it doesn't. It's an aptly named tongue torture device. This would be stuffed into the mouth, tightened down until it held the tongue firm. Then it was pulled away gradually. Ooh, it's starting to hurt the little things underneath my tongue. Uh, Yanking the tongue and any clinging meat that decided to go along for the ride out of a person's head. Oh, my God. Why did they need to describe it quite like that? (laughs) Clinging meat. I think that I am more so enjoying the fact that I am now going through this list as if they're products I'm selling on a late night <laughs> like <laughs> <Yeah>. talk show. <laughs> if you buy two, you get one free. The next SBQ. <laughs> yes. Kate knows new <laughs> That's right. Product Just channel. Four easy payments of $39.95. The next in our catalogue is the spider. Now, Dom, mm. you know how I feel about spiders. Um, this one, it's probably, I would probably take a spider over the device called the spider. This is another device, uh, of medieval torture for women exclusively. So any women out there, this one is for you. The spider would be heated up and shoved into the breast tissue and then pulled away, (sighs) taking along much of the memories with it. Thanks for the memories. (laughs) Good (laughs) job. Hey, there's some men out there with some pretty sizable breasts too. That 
is true. Yeah. It's not just, it shouldn't just be exclusively for women, but Ugh. allegedly it was. Next Ugh. in our catalogue, we have the Malay boot. Can you guess what this oh. one is, Tom? Was it in Balenciaga's latest fashion show? It is. <laughs> Some of the hell. shit that you saw. Oh my God, it actually could be. Now, <laughs> there's a lot of variations on boot torture. So all of them are intended to cause severe trauma on your lower extremities, as you can imagine. You're popping them on like a boot. Most often, the boot would be a pressure device made of wood or metal, which could be tightened to mash the meat of the leg to pulp. It was Oof. often lined with spikes for extra fun and was in any case quite capable of breaking bones like a slower brodequin. Quinn. Yeah. Brodequin. Yeah. So that's another cute little one. Ooh, we've got one for the kids now. Welcome to the show, Pillywinks. <laughs> Pillywinks. The, the, the fifth member of the Teletubbies. <laughs> that's right. It's Pillywinks. Now, despite its deceptively cute title... Pillywinks were thumbscrews. Oh, so yeah. they took several forms, including the head crusher, which was likely named by a four-year-old, and the knee crusher, which he also labelled. <laughs> they, they all do the same thing. You twist the plates like a vice and they crush the thing between them. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. But Pillywinks was specifically um, designed for thumbs. So it's a really shitty thumb ring that you'd put on and someone would twist the little it's quite again straightforward in its ingenuity but effective no doubt <sighs> next in our catalog is the heretics fork i like this one and not by the sense of i enjoy it i just think it's clever the heretics fork is a piece of neckwear and it's intended to uh it, that tended to be fancied by the church so it is essentially you know, we've had our Christmas time. Has anybody sliced up a turkey and used like one of the forks, the just two pronged fork to yep. stick into the meat? Well, this is one of those, but the two prongs are at either end of this. So one is lodged underneath your lower jaw um, and your throat. So it would keep your head tilting up. So imagine oh. it just sitting at the base of your, or in the middle of your sternum and then underneath your jawline. So you have to keep your head up or these two forks will just go straight into your neck. Or if you, you know, push down or moved your body too much, it would go into your chest. So the heretic's fork was a macabre way of keeping sinners looking up at God. That was yeah. their thinking oh. behind it. So it kept the head raised. I can't imagine how long you, oh, the ne neck pain. You, yeah, they would eventually and just get to a point, surely, where they would just drop the head. But I, that's probably the point. Or Next in, or eggs. Yeah, oh, could you imagine? Oh my god! If you had a really bad cough or something, that'd be the worst. Next in our catalog is the ducking stool. That is not an <laughs> autocorrect fail. It is the ducking stool. Here, people were suspended on a swing arm out over a river and then dunked repeatedly into the water. Sometimes they'd be bound in a bag, which would add disorientation, and it's essentially uh, the early form of waterboarding. Mm -hmm. So simulated drowning, horrendous. Next up, we have the breaking wheel. Now, the medieval torture wheel is something of a misnomer as it was a merely a thing that people were strapped to. Okay, so the breaking wheel is people would just be tied in awkward poses uh, and then they would just spin the wheel and there were bits of metal and stuff that were around as well. So if your body is in weird places, I saved a cute little picky of this one too, Dom, so make sure that one goes up because... Yeah, you'd spin in this wheel and your shit would just break in weird ways. It'd be a full Vecna situation. It was not pleasant. Wheel of uh, misery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and finally, on my list of 26 catalog items, if you haven't got somebody something for Christmas, I've just given you a lot of options. You can go with... The Scavenger's Daughter. Now, the name of this one is allegedly a bit of a mystery, um, but the inventor was a person named Skevington. Oh, okay. So, oh, um, that might have something to do with it. Don't know. But this device was used to wrap a person into a crouch and it crushed them into a tiny ball. So <gasps> just imagine that you are crouched on the floor, like full fetal position, so you're lying on your knees and then somebody wraps a really tight belt around the middle part of you to crush you into a tiny ball. 
Oh, fuck, yeah. Kate. That was. So, that, why is that not your worst one? It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Um, but I think, okay, yes, looking back on my list, having gone through all of those, I have decided what mine is. Dom, mm-hmm. can I ask, going through that list, all 26 options, there's some really great options in there. What is your least favourite? I think it's going to come down to either the Spanish tickler or the tub. Okay, I like yeah. that. So, yeah, as a, just as a reminder for those, the Spanish tickler with ginormous forks that would rip your flesh off, the tub yeah. is being smeared in honey and having bugs eat you alive for days and they would force feed you to make sure you stayed alive. Yeah, it's, it's those two, they're two very different ones, but just simple and yeah. then just the, the rotting and the grossness and the, yeah. I think what kills me about the tub is the being alive for days Yeah, and just being eaten alive but being kept alive for days so that that could happen and you could feel it. That's yeah. pretty horrendous. Um, I think despite some really top contenders, the one for me has to be the Spanish donkey. I do not want to be mounted on anything sharp uh, around my nethers, to be perfectly yeah. honest with you. And I certainly don't want someone tying weights to my feet so it drags me down and splits me in two, <laughs> okay? Because it wouldn't be just like a quick thing. It would it would take a lot of time yeah. for it to 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 do that damage. Correct. For what's it's intended. Yeah. I have not had a bebe, but I can only <laughs> imagine the first part of that activity could be similar to having a bebe. But I have not done that, so I couldn't tell you. I've also never been on a Spanish donkey, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Either way, all I know is I don't really want to be mounted to something that is sharp i Mm. prefer you know things that aren't sharp to be around there (laughs) so dom that is my list of my 26 torches i have some pop culture references but i would actually love to save that for our bonus app for our patreon because there's some doozies that uh you know my buddy James Bond actually suffered a couple of uh, torturous events. So I want to have mm. a little bit of a chat about those. But jump onto our Patreon, sign up, and it'll only cost you $4 something something to have a listen to that because we'd love to share it with you. Otherwise, jump onto the website, purchase one of these, give it as a you know New Year's gift. Perhaps someone's bothered you in the office. Pop it in your, <laughs> the boot of your car, just ready to go at any given point. But that is my episode on torture. Oh, my goodness. Well done, Kate. That is <laughs> like if you're going to do it, because I think we've we've mentioned like little bits of torture or of there's course. been elements of torture in some of our stories before. But it's such a broad and huge topic. You oh, yeah. kind of just have to do the full enchilada, the yep. full Spanish tickler, the full <laughs> <laughs> whatever. That's right. The full brazen bull. You know, you've really yeah. got to go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Balls to the wall. <laughs> and I'm not going to be able to look at a chicken or a ham or I a know. turkey at Christmas. You're welcome, <laughs> <It> was... everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you can bring your Spanish ticklers with that. I'll bring oh. my Spanish donkey. You bring your Spanish ticklers. We'll have a time. <laughs> We'll have a grand old time. No, well done, Kate. Like <clears throat> it's the the sheer amount of information out there and yeah. the creativity of it all. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the images because it's almost like my imagination does a worse job of picturing yeah. what these things look like. But yeah, that's yeah. right. No, to your point, re- yeah. yeah, really glad that we do not live in that time. So. Oh, agreed, agreed. Because keep in mind that these things were used for someone who just decided you'd committed a crime yeah there was no judicial process <laughs> that was it i've decided you stole my bread strapado for you yeah <laughs> that's it i'm gonna take a tip with the spider thanks <laughs> take, i'm taking one of your tits you took my yeah. bread i'm taking the left one <laughs> yeah. oh you've got two thumbs do you not anymore, well, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> good luck playing your switch now you <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lizzie said the kettle's boiled, so we've got to run. 
We're going to have half our scotch finger and enjoy a cup of tea. Thank you all for listening. We love you. And be sure to jump onto our Patreon for our pop culture torture references. And we love you. And we're going to talk to you so soon. All right. Ciao, ciao, folks. Boy. Strapado. That's a wrap. Big shout out to everyone for tuning in to Shit and Bricks. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. Plus, you can find extra little nuggets on our socials. Next week, we'll be back talking more shit, so do not forget to tune in. And remember to wipe, flush, and wash your hands. Goodbye. Goodbye.